Reite, a Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you by holding on to your husband's favorite item of clothing while he goes on a date with another man whose child you are also babysitting. <laughs> but I mean, genuinely, in all seriousness, I do love a supportive, open relationship. Like, that's that's great. I'm here for that. <laughs> uh, hey, folks. I mean, I had to. Like, I had to. I, what? He's in this episode. I One time, I had to. Hi. Hello. My, I am your resident Ukitaki stand to end all Ukitaki stands. Not actually. I don't want to end any of you if you're listening. Uh, I, I'd rather give you a hug, metaphorically or otherwise. Anyway, my name is Del. Uh, hello. And today I am joined by Nomi. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we are going to continue talking about some people fighting each other today because that's the part of Bleach we are in. We are. It's fights galore. It's a fight palooza. It is a fight palooza, <sighs> complete with flags and, and entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious entertainment. Mm. Uh. It even has a flagship. Ooh, ooh, yeah, whoa. That was like a triple entendre. Very here for that. (laughs) And not just because there are three of them. Stop that. Stop that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just really, I I don't know. I really like this part of Bleach, and I just want to keep going every time we end a series of episodes that we're meant to be watching for the podcast because we are always stopping and starting in medias rest now. Always. Mm-hmm. We haven't, like, even I feel like if an Iran car, even the, when, we, when, like, when Ukiora went away, I still didn't feel like we were d- done. I, I, you know, we're still, there's so much momentum right now. There really is, yeah. And, like, even though it seems like we're finishing up battles, like, we've got, people trapped in ice we've got big sonic booms you know it seems like it's the end but there's just so much more to come and the momentum is still quite up there Mm -hmm. despite one of the episodes literally saying climax so you know see how that pans out right exactly (laughs) which as if you've been watching along with us you will have seen the end of that episode and everybody involved in that fight is still very much alive right now so (laughs) i mean it's a very interesting (laughs) why they called it that no no it which this can also it means an escalation of events it could mean any i don't know the stakes were upped we saw oh wait oh my god wait do you think it's because we saw releases i hate this i hate it here i love it here oh welcome to the gutter welcome to the sayrete where we live in the gutter perpetually um, oh my gosh. I'm sure that's not, that can't be what, was that somebody, it's like some westernization team making the worst, most cursed joke ever. Not that it's cursed, like I've written fanfic like that, but still. Oh my gosh. No. Yes. I hope they did, because it's too good otherwise. I sort of hope they did too. That's what I'm choosing to believe henceforth. Oh. Uh, Jesus. Well. <laughs> Oh, what an opening. <laughs> what an opening. Uh, <sighs> hey, Frank, I feel like it was bound to come up. I don't know. No pun intended. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. 
We should probably just move forward with those episode summaries before we just... I mean, we, we, we started in the gutter. We don't have to stay there the whole entire time. I think we may end up back here, but I also don't want to make assumptions. Maybe this will carry on to be a very, very wholesome hour or so. We'll try. Yeah. <laughs> no promises. Will we? Yeah. We're not going to try. Are you well, I don't know. I... Let's just see how it goes. I'm open yeah. to all possibilities. <laughs> I'll try anything once. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, alrighty then. So we're starting off strong with episode 275, The Approaching Breath of Death, The King Who Rules Over Death. You mean this show is about death and grim weepers who weep souls for a living? Who would have thunk? Anyway, we start off being reminded that there were other people fighting, and Stark takes a low blow by taking a metaphorical punch at Kuraku's outfit. Excuse you, mister. Dressed in white, how dare you insult his kimono? I insult nothing about you because you're pretty cool, especially when you show off and shoot a strong sarrow without even gesturing or making a hand movement to show that you are about to shoot one. So cool. Anyway, <clears throat> as the fight argued, flirt, the sky turns dark as we catch up to Hitsugaya's fight with Halibar. The sky turning dark is actually his Bankai attack, Tensho Jurin, throwing all of his fears to the wind, or icy weather. He unleashes his basic but powerful attack by firing Hyoten Hyakso up until the clouds, causing it to snow. The snow forms ice flowers to bloom on Halibar, encasing her in a frozen obelisk. Meanwhile, we move over to Soifon and Barragan, who, when fighting, the former realises that as she's getting close to landing a hit on the Order Espada, her attacks seem to slow down. For someone who prides herself on her lightning-fast reflexes, this is a big thing to notice. Unable to figure out how he's managing it, Barragan puts her out of her misery and finally reveals his aspect of death, for his is death of ageing over time, and he demonstrates this by touching Soifon on the shoulder and causing all the bones in her arm to break due to age. In a show of teamwork, question mark, Omeda and Soifon attempt a <laughs> diversion technique in order to attack Barragan after realising they can't get close. Only Barragan sees through it and instead resurrects and releases his ultimate move, a move that with just a breath can decay anything it touches, including Soifon's broken arm. Before it can spread and decay all over her, however, Soifon commands that Omeda cut off her arm, stopping the decay and saving her life. And that brings us to episode 276, One Hit Kill, Soyphone Bankai. So the fight against Second Despada Baragon continues. Soyphone and Omida are down, which in Soyphone's case means down an arm, but not out. Not entirely, not yet. Baragon's respira continues to rot away everything that comes into contact with it, which frustrates and, frankly, terrifies Omida. In reply, Soyphone tells Omida that she has to go somewhere and instructs him to face off against Baragon alone for a bit. Yeah, uh, you know, for once, I'm, like, kind of on the same page as Omida because that is a pretty confusing order to give, Soyphone. But we're not given time to ponder that too deeply because we return once again to the ongoing exchange of dulcet words and evasive blows that is the conflict between Kyoraku and Stark, who are both doing their best to goad each other into showing off their respective release forms. 
Meanwhile, Lilinette has lost her sword to the world's most patient <laughs> defender, Ukitake, who genuinely looks like he could counter Lilinette's shenanigans all day long. In the meantime, Kyoriku makes a few observations. He senses something different about the relationship between Stark and Lilinette, as compared to the relationships between other Espada and their fracciones. Stark finally takes the bait. He appears underneath Kyoriku and prepares to unleash an abrupt and massive Cero. Not gonna dwell on that either, though, because we're back with Omida and Baragon. Omida releases his Gigetsuburi and begins smashing buildings right and left in an attempt to attack Baragon with fragments of rubble so that his Shikai won't decay. Even Omida can recognize that he's buying time against Baragon. Though, for what, he's not sure. Omida gets so desperate that he resorts to poorly executed Kido, and just when it seems like Omida is totally shit out of luck, who should return but Soyphone? Carrying what looks like a giant, shiny, golden missile launcher. This is her Bankai, Jakuho Raikoben. She fires off a massive attack, and it hits Baragon dead on, so to speak, and causes a massive explosion. And finally, in episode 277, Climax, Kuaku versus Stark, in which I'm not going to make a joke because we've exhausted all the jokes. Kind of. Mm. We see neither <laughs> in the opening, for it focuses on the ending of Baragon and the Soifon fight with her shooting her Bankai towards the Espada, the force of which sends Omeda blasting off again. Fortunately, Soifon took precautions and is being held in place by the steel sh sash called Ginjohan, at least until it breaks and she too goes flying into a wall, caught by none other than Omeda. As they look towards the blast zone, it seems that their fight is over. Heading back to Stark and Kuraku, we have Stark surveying the damage of both the Bankais we've witnessed, Hitsugaya and Soifon, and he asks Kuraku who's the stronger, his own or Toshiro's. So does that mean that Soifon's isn't worth comparing? Boo. Oh. <laughs> Kuraku responds with the fact that Hitsugaya is a prodigy and give him a hundred years and he will surpass Kuraku himself. Stark responds by saying that Kuraku is stronger then, to which Kuraku just smirks, sheds his Hayori, throwing it to Ukitaki, for it seems like shit is finally gonna go down with these two too. I fully can't. I love it. <laughs> Stark sheaths his sword, however. Confused? Don't worry, it'll all be over soon. This is a climax, remember? And he calls for Lilinette. Kuraku asks why he's involving the child, and so Stark simply explains that he and Lilinette are one being. A normal Arankar, due to evolution process, splits their power into sword and body, the sword becoming their Zanpakuto. Stark and Lynette are different, for his power is split into two beings, him and Lynette. Placing a hand on Lynette's head, Stark finally re releases his resurrection and reveals some pistols. Without missing a beat, Kuraku also releases his Shikai and the two began fighting in earnest. It is worth noting, however, that the real star of this show is Kuraku's hat, because honestly, it's a paid actor at this point, oh. after the great show of distraction, allowing oh. Kuraku to get the first attack in. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they seem pretty matched at this point, with Kuraku even complimenting Stark on his release, saying that it is not for show. But at the moment, all Stark has shot out of his pistols is Seros, and when pressed to show something else, still continues to shoot out Seros. 
Mm. However, the climax looks finally set to reveal its head when Stark uses his pistols to fire Sarah Metrayata, which causes Kiraku to flee. He is saved, however, by none other than Ukitaki, who Woo! uses his own Shikai to reflect Stark's attack back at him. Yeah! Hooray! Yay! <laughs> Thank guy! <laughs> shikai, Shikai, that's just Shikai. True, but we saw other bank guys. <laughs> oh yeah, we saw other bank guys. Sorry, I was. <laughs> can you? Are you surprised like... by my one track mind at this moment? Of course, like I mean, of course, of course, of course. God. Uh, <sighs> um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, like genuinely action packed. That's very much the part of Bleach that we're in. It's it's fi- it's fight hours. It's good fight hours. I was thoroughly entertained this whole entire time. Yeah, so was I. It's and Good. there's such, and it's not like we're seeing other than Omega. Everything is pretty serious and bang on, and you can feel for these characters, and you're actually seeing things like for Soifon, we're seeing her bankai and how unlike Soifon it is. Oh my! Well, we're, mm, how <laughs> unlike what she presents it is. Yeah, true. You're never gonna have a bankai that is wrong for you. You know that's that doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. But then you've got our two favorite boys, um, well, three favorite boys, Stark, Kuraku, are, and Ukitaki. There are so many favorites in this whole entire series, really but is. in this case, yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> and then you've got the ending of the other ones. Yeah, which neither he nor Ukitaka used a, a release command this time, which I completely no, they didn't. forgot about. Completely forgot about. Yeah, it was just like blasé, next thing you know. Oh, look, there he is yeah. with his douchey guy, and you're like, Truly oh, okay. casual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's yeah. just... You know, it's no show. Shit's going down now. Thrown in the gauntlet. Yeah. And they also have such long released commands, both of them. So, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that over literally hundreds and hundreds of years, they've developed a shortcut to just, now we're here. Or maybe Ukitaka did his whole thing off screen and we didn't see it, which honestly would be the most on-brand thing for Kubo ever, but (laughs) we're here. Kyoraku, not so much, though. Yeah, they know as soon as they start waddling in their long intro, Lilinette's just going to make fun of them. So they did it to save their ego. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't even know how harsh a burn she could deliver at this point. Though. She like, barely has a leg to stand on that way. Poor Lilinette, honestly. Oh. She keeps trying, though, bless her. Well... Yeah, should we just... Uh, uh, yeah, but I was going to say, before yeah. we derail too much further, <laughs> should we do anime and manga differences? Yeah, let's. <laughs> okay, so starting off with episode 275, yes. manga chapters we use, are, and this is following on from the trend that you and Lethen found that it does bounce around a lot. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, we've got ep- chapter 359, The Frozen Obelisk, which is only the first eight pages. Then we go back to chapter 356, Tyrant of Skulls, and 357, The Colossus of Fear, which is minusing the last six pages. Oh, okay. So it, it's not, there's not a lot of chapters, but because in the manga, all of the Soifon stuff were happening at the same time as the Hitsugaya stuff, mm. which... Which is actually, it's very interesting to note because normally it's the anime who likes to cut between different fights. Whereas yeah. this time it was the manga who was cutting between different fights. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah. And the anime kept all the fight together. Okay. For pacing. Yeah, that's an but... interesting structural choice. I'm sort of, I'm yeah. wondering whether it was 
the, the, hmm. I, of course, speculating why is almost useless, but I'm almost like, is it so that Kubo could show the, the readers, here's, here are the fights between second Espada and third Espada, and we're going to take care of those, and then we can zoom in on the fight with the first Espada all on its own. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe because going just like three, two, one in order would be too, like too streamlined, actually, not yeah. as exciting. Uh. Yeah, for sure. Cause, yeah, because you expect three, two, one. You expect third to be the weakest, three, second, two, and all of that. One, but let's jam. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, and that actually would be exactly in line because we just saw the downfall of four. So if you just go straight up four, three, two, one, that actually is less exciting, I think. I yeah. think that's more predictable and less exciting. Exactly. And this way we're, it's kind of breaking it up and we're seeing that we're wondering it dynamic wise, are they actually as strong as each other? Is this a power scaling or are people dependent on who they're fighting? So like if Toshiro was fighting Stark, would that be any different I, I mean, yes. <laughs> I think that would be different. Yeah, I, I think so. But of course, okay, but sure. But at, so if that were the case, then Stark would have had water powers or something. Like Kubo puts people together who make sense together. And he, yeah, oh, definitely. I don't even care if people think it's cheap or lazy or boring or something. I love it. I think it's a dang good time. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's all about power dynamics and putting them together and making sure that it is going to be an interesting fight because they are so like-minded. They have to think outside of the box and it gives them a chance to show different skills and sure. new techniques and gives Kubo a chance to create new tech- techniques and everything. Yeah. So yeah. And then if you think about it from the opposite perspective, if you think about the characters that are involved in these fights, if you're Toshiro and you, I mean, of course, nobody knew, neither the Espada nor the Shinigami, what their opponents could do before they started fighting each other. But if Halibel starts fighting Soyphone, say, and then she reveals that she has these awesome water powers, like, if you're Toshiro, aren't you going to come over and be like, oh, I can manipulate water. I should do something about this. Like, surely. Surely yeah. they end up facing off against the, the opponent that makes the most sense just I by mean, nature of the fact that they're all decent strategists. Exactly. I mean, if Chad and Ishida can do it, then surely these wait, captains wait, of the Go Day can do it too. <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, for manga actual differences, um, we've got in the anime, you've got Stark who releases two Saros. Um, you got the first Sarah he does, he actually gestures, and then the second one he does his no gesture Sarah. But in the manga, he only does the no gesture Sarah, which makes it so much more of a bigger deal for Karaku, and it's like his gimmick. Ooh, so he never saw it coming. Mm hmm. Cool. Very cool. Um, the anime has a flashback during the Hitsugaya and Halibel fight, in which, um, the anime flashed back to the last episode. Um, reminding him, reminding us of the people in the square, in the shield, yeah. and he didn't want to yeah, like yeah, blast yeah. them and everything. Yeah. Uh, but the basically the manga flashes back to Gein, back <gasps> when uh, oh. he first explained this power, 
and then the oh, anime goes shit. one step forward and gives this gives that flashback to Kira, as if because Kira was there at the time and he's oh, remembering yeah, and what it was. Gein's voice sort of. There, was there a thing of Gein's voice over that shot of Kira's face? That was a thing, right? I'm not completely. Um, I can't remember. I was only. The animation had changed slightly. I think they'd cleaned up the animation and made it. They'd cropped it to fit the screen because, of course, back yeah, then, okay. the um, it was four, th- four, three, or whatever the aspect ratio it was a different aspect ratio to what we're using now. Yeah, yeah. So they actually okay. cleaned it up instead of actually flashing back to a a less than ideal clip. So All right, that's fine. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. I also might be confusing this with one of the after credits scenes because I know. Oh uh, yeah, there was. The, I'm thinking of the 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 tea party one. <laughs> the tea party. It's <laughs> very good. It's very good. It was good. Um, yeah. We had anime had Halabel do that extra step and use a water attack against ice, and yeah. everyone knows that in Pokemon it's not very effective. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> the manga just goes straight to her using her her vana, whatever it's called technique, the the heating mm-hmm. up one mm-hmm. instead of going water sure. first. That so. just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh. Um, oh, well. Anime and then people down. Not a massive Omeda. Surprise. Oh. <laughs> Omeda. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we yeah. had we had this whole thing with um, Omeda trying to fight back, and then Omeda remembering what had just happened to Soifon's arm and then he goes cowardly running away from the attack yeah, yeah. that was all filler um, in okay, the manga good. as soon as Barragan breaks Soifon's arm he resurrects so all of that anime stuff in between those two bits were oh gotcha so it's not yeah, even so much like oh let's give Omida more credit it's just that all of that happened way faster exactly yeah there were well, some I guess it that... is also let's give Omida more credit because he didn't fucking run away with the field, but <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that and that. I mean, the whole decoy thing we saw was filler only as well. Mm, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I. That's that's nicer. I think that's nicer. Yeah. So yeah, that's that for that episode. Okay. All right. Oh boy. So. I was very gutted last week when I was watching these episodes and I saw that oh, yeah. the aspect of death was going to happen. And you guys said it in last week's episode. Oh, yeah! That yeah. you, I'm, I'm with you. I love, the, you. I love the aspects of death in the Espada. I think it's great. I, I, yeah, I think it's great. It gives them an, a little bit of extra as well. But what we didn't yeah. get the last episodes was Barragans and we're getting Correct. it this episode. Correct. Uh, before we go there, is there anything else that you want to say now that you're here? And I feel like it's still relevant. Is there anything additional that you want to interject about the aspects of death? Either like why you think it's cool or spicy takes or not so spicy takes or anything like that? I have a question for you, but it comes up later when we get to it Ooh. in our talk. Okay, we'll table that then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I All definitely right. was listening to it. <laughs> and then okay. I was I stopped and paused and wrote something on my notes. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yes. Okay, great. So I just want to say, if you think I'm going to remember what I said a week ago, you are in for a surprise. Or it will, maybe I'll, we'll just see. Yeah. I mean, I did get lucky and I did get like, I was proof listening to it this morning. So it's yes, literally yes. been only a couple of hours for me. Yeah, no, that's good. I, 
my brain is soup um <laughs> perpetually but but also right now i for the listeners i was i've been in school for the past like nine months or whatever the academic year is and i finished classes just a couple of weeks ago now so the amount of like not thinking that i have been actively doing is actively passively i haven't <laughs> been doing much with my brain on purpose so yes soup mode yeah uh, anyway carry on <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Bergen's aspect of death is death from aging, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. And it just, like the whole of Bergen's resurrection as well, it's, I find it's very anesthetically fitting. He's like this skull king, and he just yeah. is very Grim Reaper skull um there's a it's, no, it's a, quite matter of fact actually like i suppose it, it i mean quintessentially skulls are it's scare scary i guess like skeletons mm-hmm. are a super traditional scary thing catacombs full of bones are scary whatever whatever but there is something about how straightforward and practical he is about both his explanation and the way he wields his power which i think actually is an excellent match for Soyphone because I would consider Soyphone a fairly practical, straightforward person also, mm-hmm. and, a, and yeah. a serious person. Um, but there is something about how not flashy and not showy he is that it's like, yeah, I guess his Skeletor form is a little bit grandiose, but it's also just like, yeah, no, you're you're the Skull King. It makes sense to me that you look like that. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem extra. That seems like the right level of showing offness yeah exactly and if you think of all of the others they've all kind of at least kept their face in their mm. resurrections whereas mm-hmm. Barragan has well except for Aranero who never keeps his oh, face oh yeah true <laughs> I hear you <laughs> yeah. aside they've all got uh. some sort of resemblance to who they were before they resurrected oh wow Yes. Whereas at first glance, Baragun and Baragun Resurrected could be two completely different people. Like you don't, other than the bone aesthetic, yeah. at first glance, face-wise, because he's not kept his face as all his right. skin's decayed. Right. Which is also just true of what happens when you die and eventually if you rot away and only bones are left, like that could be anybody on first glance. Yeah. Oof. So it's just like, it's just real shit. It's just, it's, it's fucking metal and it's real shit. That's Mm -hmm. what that is. Yeah. I don't know. We don't really get to spend a lot of time with Baragon as a character before he goes into his resurrection. So we don't particularly, I mean, presumably he thinks of himself as some sort of royalty given that he's all, you know, posing and imposing up there in the sky and just kind of watching over shit for a hot minute but I I I I, and I sort of I sort of don't mind that in his case like why why would he bother he's so inevitable it's not worth it yeah and I sort sort of don't feel that sorry go ahead go ahead no 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 go ahead because mine takes us into a different chain of thought oh yeah just I I sort of I don't feel the need as a viewer or a reader to sympathize with the aspect of death that is 
I would say probably the most universal because the idea is each of these things is what could potentially kill a person, right? But we are not all going to suffer from loneliness or madness or greed to the point where it could cause our death. Um, but nobody is untouched by time. And so there's a level of like, oh, fuck, like we all already know who this is and what this can do because none of us are nobody's immune nobody's immune yeah exactly this yeah. one's a lot more kind of relatable is that the right word here like it's a case yeah, of it's already relatable yeah yeah, for yeah. sure so now that we've had all of these resurrections and we spoke a little about a, a little bit earlier about power scaling how you know Balgan is mm. second Mm-hmm. But his attack and the way it just kind of disintegrates Soifon's arm. Oh my and God, he's got so a brutal. massive kind of area of effect. Like you can't even get close to him. You can't even touch oh, yeah. him without being into his area oh, yeah. of effect and being. Yeah. So it makes me interested now to see how Stark as, as Sparta number one. And even Yami as a Sparta zero. Good God. <laughs> With quotation marks. No, I know. I can, just forgot about Yami for, for a bit. Can beat Barragon. You're right, though. Like, Because Bar- Barragon just seems... I don't know. Like, they really struggled, and, like, Soifon had to reveal her Bankai. Yes. Well, if you think about it, though, presumably... I don't know, because, so his area of effect is pretty, pretty massive, which, to counter that, I would also say, so, Toshiro's, like, busting out all the stops, um, uh, oh, geez, what's it called? What's his big snowflake thingy thing called? I, uh, wait, let me, uh, I'll scroll down to yeah. my thingy. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Hyoten Hyakuso, but that's not it, is it? Um, that's the one that no, he yeah, fires that's it, that's up. It, that's it, yeah. Genso yeah. Durin was the one that changes the weather, and then he fired. Oh Hyak- shit! That well, that Hyoten one. Yakuto, yes. yeah, because he used two ten, moves. The, ten is the sky word. I know that, but uh, anyway, yeah. Um, that area of effect is also really big, which is part of mm. the reason that he was like, "Oh boy, I can't guarantee that I won't kill my allies by mistake because the radius of this thing is ten miles or whatever." Um, so he has a massive area of effect, but we know, per what Kyoriku says, that he is not the strongest Shinigami. Maybe he will be one day, but he's not right now. So mm-hmm. area of effect doesn't necessarily translate to the most powerful. The other thought that I had about Baragon is, yes, his if you, if you come close to him, you are pretty fucked. Uh, and it just so happens that initially... Soifon and Omaida are more or less melee fighters. Uh, so Soifon had to do something that requ- that didn't require her to be up in melee in order to counter him successfully. So I wonder if something hits him, like if he's a skeleton, he might be sort of fragile. So maybe he's hard to hit, but once you land a hit, it's devastating. That kind of thing. Stark, mm. Stark, has Stark been hit by stuff yet? Not really, not really. So we no. don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know it that, like, the full extent of what he can do yet. Mm-hmm. He's just... I also sort of wonder, yeah. I feel like if it, if, if, not that, yeah, supposing Soyphone had launched her giant missile against Stark, I just kind of feel like Stark would dodge it, you know? And if, and I, I, I feel like that is within his 
his capabilities. Baragon doesn't seem like a an agile, nimble person who can dodge things well. No, I feel like he uses his that airwave effect that slows down things to his own advantage to make him seem faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make him harder to hit. Yeah. 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 Plot twist, they're all the same power level and they're just numbered because Aizen's got OCD <laughs> and wanted to bring it over from the Gote 13. <laughs> I mean, frankly, I could see it. I could see it. Because they yeah, all bring something of... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, they all bring something new to the table. Because <laughs> they all sit behind it. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. No, they do. <laughs> I guess the table, the table was new. In, in the Gote, they all just stand in line. Oh, that's the true. Table, the table Eisen was a gets... nice, little, nice little change. They get outside Eisen the box. lets them sit down. Yeah, <laughs> they lets them sit down. Uh. Uh. Have you got anything else for this one? Huh. Um, not really, only, this is, I have a stupid thing, so if you have something serious, you should go first. No, mine's literally, um, everything else I want to talk about doesn't come up until the later episodes. Oh, okay, great. So, So the stupid thing that I just want to call out and acknowledge is the fact that early on in the episode... Kyoriku and Stark exchange a literal, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. They're talking about powers, but they say those words. That's all I have to say. Uh, Stark is very hyper fixated on seeing the Kuraku's Bankai. Bankai. Specifically! Yeah. Yes. Like, it's a case of yes. he hasn't even shown his Shikai yet, and you want him to go straight to Bankai? Well, we've, we've all met Toshiro, but, but yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've met Toshiro, yeah, we've met Ichigo, obsessed. we've met Renji, yeah. Oh yeah, Renji, Jesus Christ. Oh man, yeah. Uh, we've even, yeah, you know, we've even met um, Kensei. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ken, Kensei, because in that, um, turn back the pendulum arc, we yes. see that Kensei. wait, I forgot about that. You're so We right. see that, yeah, Kensei <laughs> is the Renji of the um, Visids, it's fine. I mean, he is easily the most, like, up in your face marshal of that group easily like no contest yeah other than mashiro but i guess they go together so fair enough yeah she kicks things it counts <laughs> that's all i have though i yup it I, it was i had again i had a good time watching i was absolutely enwrapped and uh it people did cool things and i had a nice time yeah that's episode 275 for me <laughs> uh, so manga anime differences for 276 we've yes. got the manga chapters of 358 king of the clouds which is actually only the middle pages of 8 to 12 mm. um then we Skip to 360, Shock of the Queen, and then we go back to 359, The Frozen Obelisk, minus the first eight pages. Um, We've got differences of... In the anime, Soifon asks Omeda to fight Baragon, whereas in the manga, he becomes a decoy. But both times, Omeda freaks out. But he couldn't really freak out about being a decoy because in the anime, they had that decoy filler in the last episode. So they oh, had to change sure. it to f- fight Baragon. Okay, Every sure. time we see Stark and Kuraku, it's filler. I'm sorry. Oh my 
Gosh, that's so disappointing. You know what? Fine, I'll take it. Fine. <laughs> I, this is again. This is this is an instance of filler where I'm like, this feels like an expansion on character that I believe for both. Yeah, of them. that feels fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a dropping a building on Barragan. Mm. Um, is filler. Because at this point, Omeda is the decoy, and he runs after seeing oh. Hitsugaya's attack. Because uh, sure, sure. the Hitsugaya attack's happening at the same time. Barragan uses Respira, which also causes him to run. Whereas Anime has to use Respira twice, because wants to destroy the building and then wants to chase after um, mm. Omeda. The second time we see Ukitaki and Lenanette, that is filler. The first time it's yeah, not, that, but the second time is filler. Yep. And then it's just a minor detail that I noticed when Omeda was fighting Mammut, uh, but didn't say anything because I was like, oh, it's just like a little random difference. But mm. Omeda's not wearing his lieutenant badge. And he wasn't wearing oh, it back in then. In the manga? No, what? in the anime. In the anime? Yeah. Oh. Does he wear it somewhere unusual? I've never really looked at that. No, he wasn't wearing it at all. And it's noticeable because in the manga, when Omeda is running away from Barragan's Respira, the lieutenant badge disintegrates because of Barragan's attack and he has to cut it off to stop himself getting decayed. Whereas in the anime, um, he crashes into a wall and then takes a fight fight scene from a chapter... But uh, so it just kind of expands and everything. But the little detail of is Lieutenant Badge disintegrating. Wow. And then it's. No, I'm just scrolling through some images. And there there are some of him, like, very clearly in this part of Bleach. And he's mostly not wearing the badge at all. Yeah, that's really odd. Yeah. Whereas in the manga, the whole time he's been wearing it. And when I was. When he was fighting Mamut, I was like, oh, he's he's got a. a badge on in the manga, but not in the anime. Oh, it's only a tiny huh. little detail. It's not going to be important. No, huh. yeah, it, it was important. <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh, weird, weird. Yeah. Huh. I guess they didn't want to spend time on that, even though they could have, given the amount of filler that they included. <laughs> I know. But, you know <laughs> sure, fine. Huh. Yeah. Because as soon as his lieutenant badge disintegrates, that's when he's like, Soifan, help me! Oh, uh, whereas the anime had to kind of extend it and takes a little bit of a fight scene from later on in a manga, just basically Barragan taunting him. But yeah. yeah, it was... There we go. But that's it. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, question for you. Oh, boy. Kind of follows on from what we were dis- discussing two minutes ago with mm-hmm. Barragan's power. Oh, okay. What did Barragan get from Aizen if he's already this powerful? Oh, God. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like if Barragan's acting like he was king and that he yes. has royalty... So was he royalty before Aizen, or did Aizen give him royalty? That's a good question. Well, uh, okay, so his 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 resurrection form has a crown. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that that's not something... And also his mask is basically a crown. So either this is like a self-perception thing, or it's... 
uh, uh, something that was genuinely impl- I, this There's no way that wasn't before Eisen. There's absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think he must have... Yeah, so if he... So, yes, safe to assume, I think, that he... And I actually feel like I re- I'm remembering that from somewhere deep in the, like, recesses of my fandom lore brain. I feel like he's... I feel like he was king before Aizen ever showed up. I do feel like that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I've just looked it up and now I'm confirming yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was, he was a king, but he was a king before Aizen ever showed up. Okay, great. So what yeah. did Aizen offer him? Jesus, I don't know. So, okay. So maybe then is the implication that Aizen is more powerful than Baragon. And so Aizen's like, I will let you i will not fuck you live up if you, yeah yeah basically ironic i will let you live jesus um <laughs> unless i wonder if it's a oh i wonder if it's maybe more of an extent like okay so you're already king of waco mundo well if i become soul king think of how much more you could have it could have been something like that oh oh yeah because, yeah, if Baragon's already got everything and he's already got king, then did Aizen dethrone him by being more powerful than him and Baragon's just basically forced to follow him or die? So whereas yeah. everybody else got something out of it, he's there by force or reluctance to give in? Yeah. I see him sort of begrudgingly working together with Aizen because he either is going to get something out of it or avoid something he doesn't want by doing yeah. so. Yeah. Which, kind of terrifying, the fact that Aizen can defeat someone like Baragon. Yeah. Well, huh. I guess, who? If you want to follow the whole, like, right, let's say, so Baragon self-identifies as a king, um... And it's, like, one of the oldest tropes in the book that politicians and figures of royal authority can be easily influenced and swayed. And if Aizen's power is hypnosis, then the idea of, like, look at the world that we could have, very plausible, I imagine. Because Baragon seems to be, like, confident. He's got an ego on him. If Aizen shows him something that he likes with his Zanpakuto, then I'm sure Baragon's going to be on board, even if he doesn't like submitting to somebody else's authority. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Everything the light touches. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's the best answer I have to that, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I accept. I try. Yep. Thanks. Good. Again, pure speculation. Well, no, well-informed speculation, but speculation nonetheless. Yeah. For now. (sighs) Okay. So, hmm. Another question I have is, do you have any thoughts about this absolute... I know we touched on it earlier, but why do you think Stark is so fixated on Kyorik, who's Bonkai specifically? Hmm. Fun answer? Aizen's never seen it, and it's he's given Stark the mission of seeing it. Wait, that's Just great, be- and I think very plausible. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why he wants to be able to see it, so he can fulfill his mission, so he can get whatever it was he was promised. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I wonder, actually, thinking of that, 
Eisen hasn't been captain for very long. He de- he he definitely has not been captain for more than like a hundred-ish years. So you gotta wonder how many Bonkai he's even seen. Yeah. Captain's Bonkai anyway. Yeah, because he's definitely seen all the lieutenants Shikai's. Oh, sure. I mean, I feel like Shikai is pretty oh, yeah. is, is commonplace enough that if someone was like, oh, okay, he's seen most Shikai at this point, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose a captain using their Bankai isn't something that's going to just come up in day-to-day conversation. Exactly. Not, and they've not had anything. The past years have been pretty peaceful as well, right? Exactly, yeah. So there's not going to yeah. be any opportunity for that to have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe... So no, no wonder they're having a tea party at the end, because Aizen's yeah, just like, oh, so that's what Soifun's Bankai is. Ooh, yeah, it's I'm his seeing... version of eating Ooh, popcorn. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aizen's just enjoying the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I so yeah. I guess I imagine he hasn't seen most of them. I mean, no. I don't know why he would have. Yeah. Especially because in some situations, like if you see, like if you think about Renji and Chad training together, like sure, Renji busted out his Bonkai to help Chad train, for example, but a lot of these Bonkai are probably, and even some of these Shikai, like may or may not be great for helping other people train. So even if you think, like if Squad 5 was training together with another squad, it probably would be less helpful for a captain to just go Bonkai to help squad five train or, you know, their own squad train or whatever. So mm-hmm. who's, and it, it depends on the person, but like, I don't see Soyphone. Uh, Cause so- Soyphone also, wait, we should talk about that. We should talk about Soyphone's Bonkai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, like, she's not going to show that to people. She's clearly either embarrassed ashamed? or ashamed. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Because Omeda, her own lieutenant, has never seen it. Right. So you know what? This is also confirmation that not every captain and not every person likes their Bonkai, right? Like, we also know, like, we know Hisagi, like, is afraid of his Shikai. We know yeah. that Yumichika hides things about his Shikai, which is so, like, oh, uh, like, we don't always automatically love and accept all parts of ourselves. Like, yeah. loving and accepting yourself is a process and takes time and takes learning exactly. and unlearning and all of these wonderful things. Yeah. And Soyfons is like very the opposite of what the stealth core is trying to be. It's very flashy and showy. You're not gonna find an assassin hiding in the um hiding in the bush with a big long missile bullet on their shoulder, yeah. you know. <laughs> Flashback to Kisuke who like writes joke messages with blood on the wall. I'm not flashy, I on Mitsukino, me, I don't do anything extra ever. <laughs> 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 not even once i just do what's required nothing more no flair my hat is subtle my hat is this is a subtle hat subtle hat yeah subtle hat <laughs> worst omni mosquito ever <laughs> uh, I, well, it, it, except not at all because he's amazing but yes <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> like categorically one of the absolute best but i digress <laughs> <sighs> Which that's kind of interesting, actually. I didn't even think about it. But Kisuke, so like he definitely does fly under the radar when he wants to. But 
he was a high-ranking, important Onmitsukido person, and he's got flair. Like, he he does. Um, and Soyphone, as an important person involved in the Onmitsukido, whether she wants to acknowledge it or not, like, girl, she's got flair too. Yeah. Is, so is there, I don't, that's a connection I never really realized before. I don't know. And like, so like Yoruichi is, 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 is Omitsukido or like, are, is leadership within that position all about like, you don't notice me until you notice me? Does, you know, like, like, oh, I'm just here until I'm up in your face and making a big deal out of something because it's important. Bam, bitch. Hmm. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> application for captain of Omniskido. How flashy are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Can you be extra on command? Mm. Speaking of Yoichi, though. Oh, yes. We discussed way back with oh the Soifon versus Yoichi fight on top of Oh, yeah. Um, Sogoku Hill. And yes, we yes. indicated that their kind of auras when they went Shunko was very wind and electric like. Wind uh-huh. for Soifon and electric for Yoichi. Yeah, yeah. Which links into Soifon's Bankai, which. Oh my let gosh. me get the translation because I forgot to write it down. Wait, you're so right. <laughs> Jak- uh. Yeah, Jakuho Raikoben is what it's called. And then, which translates to Hornet Thunder Duke Whip. So there's the thunder lightning in there as well. Ooh. Say that again. Thunder, thunder what now? Thunder. Hornet Thunder Duke Whip. But. Whoa. Let me get what it actually says. I'm looking at the characters as well. I'm going to look that up because now I'm quite curious. Yeah, that's what it says on the wiki, but I felt like it was something different in the manga. Um, So let me just find the manga. Give me the characters, Bleach Wiki. What are you doing? 360. Fine, I'll just go to the page on your... I've got the characters here if you want them. Oh, yeah, can you copy and paste? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Hornet Thunder Whip. So the Duke. Hornet Thunder Whip. Yeah. The Hornet from her bee from yeah. before. And yeah, then yeah. Thunder Whip. Doesn't look like a whip, okay. though. It looks more like a sex toy, but there we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wasp. What the heck? Okay. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, cool. I guess I, w- I thought there was going to be a wind one, but it's just thunder. That's okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um... It's also worth noting, looking at these characters, uh, they are all characters that, like, uh, and this is, which which I say with the caveat of having minored in Chinese when I was in undergrad, um, these are all, so, so great, so, like, all, all this to say, like, I have some basis for asserting this, but I'm not an expert, but it's not out of nowhere, um, these, the characters that make up the name of her Bankai um, because if you, the way that Soyphone's name or like Soyphone, depending on how it's written, what you're looking at, whatever, whatever, like there is a certain, um, direct Chinese influence in a lot of her mm-hmm. linguistic stuff. Uh, and that applies to her Bankai as well. All of these characters exist in, in like Chinese, which granted Japanese kanji are also 
Chinese characters, but there's there are often different. Like you'll get Kanji and Kanta, Kana interspersed together, and so I don't know. I I I look at this and I have to think about it carefully because my eye is a little bit untrained before I can conclusively say like, oh, that is definitely Chinese or that is definitely Japanese. So like, nice to see that that thread of Chinese running through all of the linguistic elements of Soyphone's identity and powers. It's a yeah. consistency. Yeah. As, as someone who only speaks English, the fact that Kubo goes into all this effort with not only the Soyphon, but the Espada, the Quincy's, everyone who's got a different kind of element and then links it back to Japanese as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, he's so it's good ama- It's brilliant. It's amazing. I'm just like... How do you even come up with this? I can't yeah. even speak English half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but here's a lot of native English speakers can't. Like, n- we're notoriously bad at that, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Gosh, yeah. So I guess the only thing that I really, just to tie it all together, wanted to say uh, about this episode that we didn't really touch on last. Uh, when it went uh, 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 into 75 is just that yeah I I understand Soyphone's resistance to her Bonkai mm-hmm. actually I'm realizing now how cool that she has achieved Bonkai despite the way she feels about that so like self-awareness does not equal self-acceptance necessarily but she has reached self-awareness I guess so that's kind of cool yeah um, but anyway it's it's it is Exciting to me from a character development standpoint, not just for Soyphone, but potentially for other characters who have achieved Bankai as well, um, that you can wield a power that suits you, whether you like it or not. not? And yeah. uh, I, I like that Kubo is introducing another opportunity for interpersonal or like personal tension in his writing because you could just write gosh you could write thousands and thousands of words about just the relationship between Soyphone and her Zanpakuto I'm sure so oh yeah having seen this now like how fucking cool yeah I wonder as well if it was a a necessity thing because she we don't even know what kind of ranking she had in the Omniskido when Yorichi was around and then Yorichi left. So did she then overcome all of her concerns about her own Bankai, push through to get Bankai just so she could step oh. into that role and become the captain? You know, that's a great thought. I really, I hope so, actually. That would be a really cool arc. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I love that for her as a possibility. Yeah. Because yeah, she's, a, she's a hard worker. She's... She I is. I can see her pushing and, herself to that point for sure. And she's stubborn. And she just yeah. wants to kind of prove that she is better than Yorichi with the whole, hey, it's something I created. It's called Shunka. And Yorichi's like, yeah. actually, I created it. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. So, needs a hug. She really does. I'd said when Omeda rescued her, um, you know how Omeda was there and standing behind her yeah, at this yeah. point, I was just like, could that not have been Yorichi finally making her appearance, giving <gasps> Soyphon a pat on the head saying, good girl, and oh, then going oh. off. To- <laughs> 
frankly, I feel like that would grind Soyphone's gears pretty hard. It really would have. But I yeah. think she would have been all flustered and red and gone like, ah, like all tongue tied when she first appeared. And then she would have. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually not a bad thing. Be still my yo soy heart. <laughs> it's, 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 I, it's a complicated, it's a ship that doesn't confuse me and it is a complicated ship. It is a complicated it, yeah. ship. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I find the, the, the thing about, um, is it a crush or do I want to be you? Differences in power levels, mm-hmm. not just from a fighting standpoint, but from a like tr- true like ranking standpoint, and also from a mentorship standpoint. I, it's like it it is not unlike being in middle school or high school and having a crush on your awesome thirty year old teacher in some ways. Yeah, which oh, like yeah. that is real. Like I had crushes on some of my teachers. I, I, all the time like which granted knowing how much like com- i have a kink a competence kink is that a thing where it's like if somebody is really good at something i'm like oh god like right away and i could see Soyphone having a similar uh reaction to competent people yoruichi is absolutely competent and she's also cool and she's also very hot so i don't know there are there are dynamics i don't know it's it is a layered ship and sometimes I think it's really cute, and sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, are we sure? Yeah. Yeah, no, I see that. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I get it. Get it. Yeah. That's it for me for this episode, though. Um, I have just a shout-out to Ukitaki being good babysitter and entertaining and being encouraging. He was so encouraging yeah. for yeah. Lilith. You can yep. do it. Come on. Yep. Because he, know, he knows he's not. An, at this point, it's been long enough. And, like, also just in general, I imagine he's pretty good at sizing up an opponent quickly and being like, all right, is this in my wheelhouse or do I need to be worried? And then as as Lilidette continues to, like, tries and fails and tries and fails, you know that he's like, oh, this is never, she's never gonna, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's just no way. So he yeah. might as well. He might as well help her. <laughs> bless her he'd be a great coach for like a children's sports team he really would he'd be so good yeah so he'd like yeah definitely like softball or football or some sort of little league yeah, basketball team sport. baseball team sport. whatever it is yeah yep 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 <laughs> yeah um and then quick question for you who oh, is boy. worse at keto renji or omeda <gasps> oh fuck me um, I have to say, well, granted, our sample size for Omida is smaller, but Omida fucked up royally, and Renji was able to get Zyle good that one time. So I'm going to sure. say Omida's worse at keto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, the only keto Omida used was a smoke screen, which was probably intentional because he's omni-skeeto. And I that's mean, probably sure, the only keto they he, know. <laughs> he, he, he then lost his own ability to, like, see and breathe so i don't Cause, know yeah because would they're both if bad. he shot like a, a natural keto towards barrigan right would that right. have worked would the keto have decayed yeah which by the way the fact that he used a bakudo he didn't use a hado and mm. bakudo is way of binding and hado is way of ugh, destruction, destruction i think yeah 
Yeah. So the idea that he's like, I know he's going to be vulnerable to my ranged keto attack. And then proceeds to use Bakudo instead of Hado. Weird choice. (laughs) So you you just explained what you were going to do. And then you didn't do that. You did literally completely something else. Bless him. Yeah, oh, my, oh, that seals it for me. Oh, Mida's worse at keto. What are you doing, sir? <laughs> He's not even trying at this point. <laughs> I mean, uh, unless he truly was just buying more time, I guess. But the explanation that he gave in the anime of like, oh, I, I got it. Keto can reach him. And then he goes with a smoke screen is inconsistent and a strange choice. Yeah. I'm. What did he say? Uh, why isn't my Zampak toe? Yeah, why isn't my Zampak toe a keto type that can shoot fire flame or eyes? That's it, Aikido. Aikido will get it. I've discovered your weakness. Bakudu mm-hmm. too. Red smoke escape. Whoosh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ex- I know. I wish. Yeah, I wish my Zampak toe could blast things at you. Proceeds to put up a smoke screen. screen? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, I mean, what you yeah. doing, my dude? Just a, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know what that choice was, backed up by that explanation, especially. I don't know what that choice was. Yeah. I do wish Soyphone would be kinder to him. I will say that. Yeah. Um, like, I know that she's going through shit. I know that she's not a warm and fuzzy person, but she is. And, you know, the stakes are high, tensions are high. Nobody's at their best right now, probably, but she's. She, it, it's, she doesn't have to go that far. Exactly. And, um,. It's also, it's not the only time in Bleach that we get some, some like, sizest and fatphobic jokes. And I'm just here to say in the year of our Lord 2022 that we shouldn't do that. We don't do that. Bodies are bodies and everyone has one, so shut up. Exactly. And she picked him, so if she didn't like him, why did she pick him? Why did she not pick someone else to be her lieutenant? It's a very good call out. Yeah, I don't. No. Because we know that captains know. fight, pick the lieutenant, so, yeah. Yeah. Generally. Generally. Is that true? Yeah. No, it's confirmed. I'm pretty sure Ukitaki said yeah. it. Oh, yeah, you're right, because, I mean, I guess, because, uh, yeah, yeah, if you think about Shinji and Aizen and that whole conversation yeah. they had. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only... And did, the only... Byakuya, did Byakuya pick Renji, though? Is that... I assume so. Oh, maybe it was like a pool of here's the people who are eligible for lieutenancy. Take your pick from this pool of people. Maybe, maybe. I'm trying to think if there are any lieutenants that carried over from the previous generation, because we know some of those captain slots were then filled. Yeah. Some of the captains uh, (laughs) went elsewhere. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't think think so off the top of my head right because a lot of them were both the captain and lieutenant together either changed roles or yeah got prom- getting hollified got promoted disappeared off the face of the right. earth right yeah right mm. Mm. the only thing i can think of for omedo at least is nepotism because yeah, nepotism makes sense. His yeah. dad was lieutenant, so he automatically gets lieutenancy as well. And Soifon's not got a choice right. in the matter because she's not a Shihoin, and Shihoin usually command Kido and Omniskido. So because she's just kind of like placeholding it. Yeah, was it? This isn't. 
oh, geez, I don't remember if, where, whatever we learned this, but wasn't Eba's mom Rose's lieutenant? That's yeah. a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I, I love thought Chikane. so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And she's like a scary lady. <laughs> yep. Ooh, there's some there's some like bootleg art or something somewhere of official like official Rose like looking off into the corner with like a ah, kind of facial expression. It's, this really, it's in really the it's in the manga volumes. Woman. It's in the manga volumes. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I love that because it, it shows them all. Be in, um, I feel like there's like a color insert in the masked book as well that had because I do have that. That it's it's yeah it's I think something like yeah that. anyway. Aye, because it shows it's the only chance that we see like Chikane and um, Kotobaki, Senazuke. Uh, yeah, yeah. Biakua's dad, I can't remember his name, and Omeda's dad. Sojin, Sojin, his name. Sojin, is Sojin. that's the dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have had cannons about him for days. <laughs> I think he's lovely. I think he's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. I found it. I found it. Oh, yeah. God. It's everybody with their fucking. I love this piece of art. I love so it. Much. It's so good. I, I just, absolutely It just adore fuels it. my head cannons. But I suppose oh, then, God. if we think. Look at his face! <laughs> We're getting so off topic. I'm oh, so sorry. I, I know. But to bring it back round to Omeda, if mm, Rose. Yeah. It's stated in Thousand Year Blood War. Nope, turn back the pendulum. Whoa! <laughs> Sorry. It's stated in Turn Back the Pendulum that Rose had only been captain for two years. So yeah, I wonder. Rose was new. Rose was quite. Yeah. That sucks. Honestly, that sucks so hard. I know, right? <laughs> he went like nine, yeah. 10, 11 years and then he gets carted off to the world. Yeah. God. <laughs> Brutal. So if maybe Chikane was a kind of already in the lieutenant position. So in that. I wonder, because she's older. Exactly. And she looks like she's an older person, which means she is like definitely not a young woman yeah so in that sense then that is the only time that a captain wouldn't choose their own lieutenant so yeah, was yeah. omeda because i doubt soifon would have gone straight to where she was into the captaincy role no no i wouldn't think so so it may and have been that omeda that was mm-hmm. it's yeah so it may have been that somebody else was captain maybe even omeda's dad omeda promotes his own son and then soifon finally takes over and Mm-hmm. has to deal with the nepotism that was the Omedas being lieutenants. Right, because they're nobles, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, it's written into their contract. <laughs> I will be a lieutenant. Oh, <laughs> Free oh ride. God. I mean, maybe. <laughs> nobles are fucking weird, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm just... how, the Kuchkis have been in the sixth <laughs> for Lord knows how long. I'm I'm still staring at these lieutenants, and I've only just now realized I am as well. that you can see God. Lisa's. You get so much personality in all of these little images. Like everybody has so much personality you, here. Yeah. We'll drop this in the show notes just because it's cute. In case you've yeah. never seen it, listeners, it's just it's really really lovely. It and is. then you get to see what Biakia's dad looks like. He yeah. looks so nice. And I can't stop staring at Lisa's bare leg. Sorry, that's just me loving Good Lisa. God, I know. But it's the first time I've seen that you see her leg behind. Uh, behind Kyoko's <laughs> yeah. he- head. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah. Eisen has a bit of a mullet. Who has a, a mullet? I mean, a bit. Oh, Eisen, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Party in the back. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's interesting to show the dynamics that like Hiyori is in the front, whereas all the other captains are at the front. 
Oh. Well, and Omega, <laughs> which is a weird choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, no, actually, it's... Oh, not Love. Love's, Love's Lieutenant is Love's, in the yeah, as well. I, yeah, it's stylistic. Coat to back, he's there. Centauro's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dad. Bless him. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you said Centauro's dead, and I was like, what? No, absolutely not. Sorry. Centauro's <laughs> dead. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all dead. Yeah. Um, speaking of dead, should we... <laughs> I suppose we better go back to what was <laughs> Bring it back round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get off topic with that. Thank you for entertaining this detour. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about Kyoriku versus Stark yet. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Shall we just go into episode 277, then? <laughs> All right. Yeah, you all good with 276? Um, oh, yeah. We've yep. <laughs> exhausted that. <laughs> and then some. We've exhausted it to death, as you could say. Get, I get was it. on yep. the verge of making a very similar joke and the words <laughs> didn't come together, so thank you. <laughs> uh, good lord. Okay. So manga chapters for 277, we've only got 361, I Hate Loneliness, But It Loves Me. Oh, I I know where we are now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And 362, Howling Wolf. So it's only two, whereas the others have all had three. Well, (sighs) ish, because they've been random pages. But yeah, but this is just full two ones. There's no jumping about in these ones. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Manga anime differences. We've got Omeda's play-by-play of how he saved Soifon's life. So we what? had that little... What? <laughs> what? Yeah, we had that little flashback of... He did help. He did help. And he had him, like, scrambling up. You had him, like, fighting against the wind. Yeah, and then he gets there just in time. No, yeah, it's just... Oh, it's not there. Yeah. Um, we had Kuraku and Stark's weird slash and dodge where Kuraku's just very lazily just hitting him and Stark's, like, dodging it very, like, lackadaisily. Yeah, that was filler. Mm. Yeah, fine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, remember Gein, Tosin, and Aizen? Yeah, the manga doesn't. Because that was filler. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fine. And Stark only fires one Sero before he does his submachine Sero. So that whole section of Kuraku analyzing Stark's pistols and going, oh, this one does this, and when you do this one... And yeah, and the recharge he, and the holster and whatever. Yeah, that was all filler. Huh. Wait, do they actually call it submachine zero in the manga? Um, that's what the translation is. That's sick. That's very cool. Yeah. I just couldn't pronounce... Like, it... How did I... I pronounced it... Well, okay, because it's kind of silly because in the sub, when this this actor who speaks Japanese says it, he says metraleta, and if you speak Spanish, the double L is the Y sound. Exactly, So as far as I'm concerned, all bets are off and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because that's the only bit of Spanish I know is that two L's make a Y, so when I was, like, spelling it out so I could pronounce it, I did matreyata. Yeah, that's that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. yeah, and I also don't know what they say in the the, the, the other one, the, the one, one that we don't Lord. watch. Good Lord. The other, the one, the one where people s- speak English. <laughs> yeah. Also, I also want to. I feel like I've said this before, but like truly, truly, no shade if you are a dub watcher, no shade if you were a sub watcher. We all have our preferences. They're they're both lovely experiences, and we all get to share in this story together. I'm not here to shit on anybody who prefers one over the other. It's all good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this case, I, whatever. I'm here for submachine Sarah. That's, 
that's a easier to say and yeah. b in this context sounds pretty badass oh it really does yeah mm. i'm looking it up now whoa there's a song called cerro metralleta of course there is yeah by uh red sofa are they like it's a, a hip-hop or rap song wait oh i don't know let me see i know i think it's just, well maybe let me see if it's any good ah <laughs> oh it's not a wait a second what the hell I was like, if it's heavy metal or that stuff that Kubo likes to listen to, then that makes sense. Kubo Kubo doesn't listen to a lot of heavy metal. Uh, I mean, ish. Which, is that a song? Is that... Wait, what the hell? Listen. What? He's more punk anyway. Sorry. (laughs) Totally. I can't can't find it. It's here somewhere. Uh, Ooh. Oh, it sounds like it's just a remix of Stark's themes, or of like the the that like Spanish guitar hollow theme song. This is actually really good. It's like lo-fi. Oh, cool. Oh, I like lo-fi. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Wait. Whoa. This is a whole mood. I'm gonna drop it to you. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> you can listen to it later. Yeah. This is this is like a very. It's very Stark. It's this is it, it's clearly a remix of Bleach music though. So yeah. Uh, so great. Hooray. Wow. Look at that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, okay. yeah. uh, uh, what were you saying about the submachine gun, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that he only fires it once in the anime, in the manga, where okay. he has to fire okay. it twice in the, yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah. Okay, are you ready for my aspects of death question? <gasps> oh gosh, another one? Yeah. So this is the one in reference. This is the one that I thought of while I was listening to last week's episode. Oh, okay. Yes. So you and Lethen discussed loneliness and yeah. thinking that Okioa has no faccione. So his is more kind of suited to loneliness. Well, Lethen said that. I disagree with her. Yeah. So do you think opinions have changed with the revelation that Stark isn't, Lelinette isn't Stark's faccione, but his is Zanpakuto? And he literally, in order to combat his own loneliness, he created a person to not be lonely with. Or something like that. Uh, y- yeah. It's, it's, it sort of goes back to what I was saying last week, right? The idea that Ulkiora, who signifies emptiness, doesn't have that visceral longing for connection Mm -hmm. he just kind of has nothing um and so it's suitable in that way that all he does when he dies is just fade away into dust right yeah um but in the case of stark even if he didn't have anyone around him for for whatever reason we don't know why uh he still wanted that connection and it was so desperate that when he divided his power in an appropriate way it was a person and not a sword or a gun uh or both uh (laughs) yeah yeah um because at the very least then it's like which oh god the yeah so circle way way back to our introduction to stark which is stark lying down presumably trying to take a nap and this energetic kid is jumping up and down on top of him so if you really zoom out that is Stark having a, a two-sided conversation with himself. Like, that's what we are seeing. Um, and there is almost nothing that seems lonelier to me than being 
so desperate for connection with somebody else that you truly, truly have a thorough, well-fleshed-out conversation with two real sides with yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's extreme. They do say that some of the best conversations you can have are with yourself. Who says that? I do. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a quote. I'm sure, like, I'm not the only one who says that. I guess that. Yeah, probably not. (sighs) That's like a just shower thoughts moment. That's, I don't fucking know. Mm. And then it, it goes, yeah. like, some of the best conversations you can have are the ones with yourself because you can't talk back. But in this case, I'm pretty sure Lynette would talk back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, of course, I mean, we don't always – I mean, as was exemplified by Zoyphone, we don't necessarily uh, – there are parts of ourselves that can be in conflict with each other sometimes. Like, as people, we are full of contradictions, that's part of what it is to have humanity in the first place, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think hollows have humanity. I, I, I mean, hu- whatever. Humanity is such a, like, when I say humanity, I guess I mean personhood. I don't mean, like, he, he, nobody, what, whatever. Nobody's human. We're talking about souls and hollows. Nobody's fucking human. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, well, except for Chad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess Orihima is a human, too. What? D- a gang we, uh, it, uh, We're fine. being, I guess so. God. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Stark and his loneliness, uh, whether as as it relates to Lilinette or otherwise? I think it's hard because you we see him release his resurrection, which is Los mm-hmm. Lobas, the wolves. And everyone's got this connotation that wolves are solitary, <gasps> lonely creatures, the lone wolf. Oh, yeah. But wolves Ooh. aren't. They are very much... Wolves are someone who live in packs. They are, you know, yeah. they bond and they thrive with that pack. So Stark yeah. being yeah. this lone wolf, longing for a pack of its own... Yeah. ...then could tie in with that loneliness... That's so true. And it never occurred to me. I can't, I, I mean, I'd have to go through a whole entire list, but I feel like most of the names of the releases that we get are in the singular. Los Lobos is plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> there are two wolves inside you and both of them want to make out with your... <laughs> 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 I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, I get it, dude. Um, <laughs> I know I've been harping on that a lot. I don't know if they actually want to fuck or whether it's just that they are both so, uh, they both speak in innuendo and with subtlety so much that it is difficult to tell whether they are having a, like what they're having a conversation about. And so like, yes, it could be about their powers. It could be about the fight. It could be about Aizen. It could be about anything. And it's gonna read as kind of flirty because they are being, because they're dancing around so much. Mm-hmm. And because Kuroku's just fucking like that. Like, he sounds like he's flirting with everybody. Yeah, he does. He really does. He really does. I had a thought about um, powers being contained within swords and such. And my thought was, so Stark says that most of the Espada 
divided their powers into body and sword. Uh, and when he and Lilinette return to being one, their powers are released. And so that sort of, I this might be nothing, but I am curious, especially because Kubo paired him with Kyoriku uh, in terms of uh, 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 opposition. Um, so if a Shinigami's release requires two swords, does that mean that the power of their Shikai can't be contained in just one? Is that a... Is that an indication of power level in any way? Or is that just me being hopeful? <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, because Stark... Probably it's me being hopeful, but... Well, Stark's got two pistols. He's, again, he's... We've got that duality with Stark. True, true. Two pistols against two swords, so... Yeah. Hmm. Just knowing that it is such a rare thing. It is a very uncommon thing for your Shikai to be two weapons. Yeah. 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 Is this the first Espada that we've seen with a long wa- ranged um, Zanpakuto? Ooh. Because all the other ones I, I think have been like melee, so. at least sword shaped with a, a sharp edge, something with a pointy end. Yeah, Zyle's not so much, but he needs to get at you to, like, make his little dolls, and then he can spit you out, and you can be wherever, and he can wreak havoc from a distance, but he needs to have, like, grabbed you first. Yeah. It's still still attached to him. Presumably, Aranero could, but we didn't see that. Yeah, no, because he just kind of used Kyans, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because even Baragun's got, like, a two-headed axe, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. radius is centered on himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Halibel can do ranged stuff. She can blast water wherever she wants to, I suppose. True. But it's still got a pointy end. Yes. Water with a pointy end. <laughs> water with a pointy end. <laughs> water with a pointy end. That's how Halibel describes her gender. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, we get Stark's release, and we get to see Kyoriku's also. And we've seen both him and Ukitake technically go Shikai when they were fighting Yamamoto. They both were like, here are our two swords. We are standing next to each other, brothers in arms, da 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 But we didn't get to see them do anything. No, they all they did, they did in that point what they didn't do in this point, which was give us an essay of a release command. <laughs> yes, so beautiful. Yeah, I missed it. I was looking forward to it, and I was, I, but I guess I, it, I just like put it into my memory falsely that they actually did the release command thing here. I really wish they had. They're so beautiful. Oh, well. blinking, you missed it. No nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which you know, it does make more sense. Um, and it's a cool thing to, to note that they can both, I'm going to assume actually that Ukitake didn't because I would like to think that it was like Stark releases his submachine gun Sero situation and Kyoriku, which by the way, the fact that he was able to dodge like that, like that is impressive, uh-huh. especially God, Kyoriku is so fucking layered, man. It's one of the reasons I love him so much, but he's so chill and he speaks so slowly and he is so at ease and then as Stark is shooting, 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 then he is dancing all over the place and he is moving fucking fast. And now we're like, oh, okay, y- y- you you can. You are that good. Um, 
But I like to think that Ukitake saw that and was like, oh, e- uh, uh, gotta jump to action. And then gotta go, didn't, gotta go. didn't yep. bother <laughs> taking the time because his release command is long as shit also. He does it for show. Like, because there's no one to show off. Especially for Ukitake. There was no one listening. So what's the point in, like, wheeling it off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anybody, it would be for Stark's benefit. But... Uh... But Kuaku didn't that. do it, like, so this, yeah. The second he cracked that little smirk, it was fucking over. Like, iron- I, was, I was about to say, like, game time is over. But, like, actually, no, no, it is game time. Yeah. Um, b- b- whatever, whatever that means. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I just got that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, stay tuned to, for probably next week. I don't know. <laughs> next week, week after, something like that. Teaser trailer. Um uh yeah Ooh yeah uh so also he takes off his kimono wait wait a second where did his kimono ukitake was supposed to be keeping track of that and now he's up there using a shikai what the but... fuck did you do with your friend's kimono dude <laughs> i've never thought of the fact that i've never thought about that wow and yeah that's but it off- but again right circling back not get not getting distracted i'm so bad at that but yeah it's yeah it's a it's a serious, it's a serious enough fight. Like, I don't know, like, is that, it, it, it's symbolic of the fact that he's getting more serious and he's choosing to just present himself as a captain and not an individual with flair. Like, he loses so many of his, of his, like, stylistic, aesthetic accoutrement as he gets more serious about the fight. The hat goes away, the kimono goes away. He'll be putting on socks next. Oh, I don't. That would be a bit much. <laughs> Hold on, let me just put these songs on. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Kick about this. Uh, <laughs> how to defeat? How to how to defeat a fight against Toshiro? Putting socks on to prevent my feet yeah. from getting frostbitten. Uh, <laughs> it's frostbite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we don't really get any explanation of what Kyoriko can do. By the way, like we kind of get him. So his his swords have changed shape, mm-hmm. um, and he moves around and he shouts some stuff, but we don't get anything more than that, really. Exactly. Yeah. He we he showcased two. I say showcased in the loosest term possible. He yeah. gave us two attack names, but what these attacks yeah. actually did? Duh. Yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing where, like, if you speak Japanese and you have context for what those words are, you might have an inkling of what's coming up, but I actually feel like it's less fun to talk about it until we have more information, but... Yeah. If you, if you just have the words, it's kind of like, okay, you're doing something, but what are you do? What are, what are, what is this? Yeah. All there is to say is that, though, that this fight is not over, despite its climactic title who's ready for round two it is not over and now you know hubby has joined the fray and everyone should be worried yep geez i guess i don't really have anything else other than like well things are heating up and that's just not the three people inside of a Ryujin Jacko. Hey! Oh, I thought you were going to say inside of the love triangle, but also that. <laughs> right. I mean, who's to say? Maybe Aizen, frankly, what a great excuse to just like take a little break, kick back, make out with your besties. Like, no one can see what's happening inside that ring of fire. Right. I'm not saying they're besties, really, I guess. That's that's a bit, they're, they're it's their colleagues. I don't <laughs> yeah. 
But no, I am all good for this one if you are. Yeah, I think I just have one more thing, which is sort of on the note of Stark's loneliness one more time. I really just, to to kind of ground it a little bit and bring it back to like, uh, I don't know, just to say like, I know people like this a little bit. Um, There's a bit when, when Kyoriku is... He says, he says to Stark, aren't you, like, a wrong car number one? Aren't you worried about your comrades when he sees that Toshiro has clearly, like, done a number on Halibel and maybe the explosion has happened and Soyphone has, has maybe, maybe not taken out Baragon? And Stark has this really strong reaction to Kyoriko's use of the word comrades. And uh, then he's like, no, don't worry about it. It's nothing. Let's just move on, kind of. And it just... It reminded me so hard of, you know, those people who, like, clearly something is bothering them and they're being kind of cagey about it. And But it's that thing of, like, I'm not going to say anything and I'm not going to bring it to your attention, but secretly you kind of know they want another person to notice. They're never going to bring it up, but they want another person to notice that they're not okay. I got yes. that sense from Stark yeah massively in that moment and like of course Kyoriku is his enemy right now so he's not gonna as much as we want it they're not gonna sit down and have yeah. a cup of tea and no pour and out their feelings. Would probably prefer that as well right yeah like, Kyoriku is not the kind of person who fights for fighting's sake it's just the way the dominoes fell they have to finish this mm-hmm. and Kyoriku is practical enough that he knows that but yeah it just felt really real. The loneliness felt really real in yeah. that moment. That's all. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Bless him. Yep. <sighs> Are you ready for volume cover game? Oh my gosh. Yeah, just as long as, as long as you promise me, because I'm not going to be on the next episode, as long as you promise me that you will talk about Ukitake's powers. Because, you know, it's probably better... Because I would be, I'm curious to hear what you all have to say and what you think. Because we're gonna get to see him do some stuff, and uh, I know, it, I know very well what I think and feel about his powers, and I would love to hear other people's takes. That's all. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Taki. Thank you. Okay, Taki. I've put it in my list of for future episodes, which also includes Yamamoto. Bleep 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 bleep. Yo Chojiro. Bleep 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 bleep. Um, Lilinette and Stark when bleep bleep and bleep bleep is revealed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so yeah, it's done there. Okitaki's powers. Thank you. Anyway. Thanks. Okay. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. Volume yes. 42. Ooh. Okay. Okay. The poem is. Mm. no world exists without sacrifice do we not realize that we call this hell where ash floats upon a sea of blood the world well if it's sacrifice that's gotta be Hollybell. it is Hollybell. yeah that's just that was i feel that that's i mean yeah yeah (laughs) that's pretty clear yeah this is um volume 42 shock of the queen which, oh, oh my gosh! So we're uh, yeah. If if I if I didn't guess Hollabell before, which would have been a mistake on my part. Like, yeah, which that, that's that cinches it. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because chapter three sixty shock of the queen doesn't actually feature Hollabell. It features Lilinette and um, Soifon. So it's confusing as to who the actual oh. shock of the queen is 
in that episode? Like, is it shock oh. from the thunder? Of or is it like a Queen Bee thing? Yeah, or is it um, shock of the fact that Lilinette is the Zampacto, you know? So Right. But yeah, yeah. Um, Halibel doesn't feature in that chapter, but she is the overall theming of this book. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that brings us to our Shinigami Cup, doesn't it? It does indeed. Yeah. Peroxide edition. Um, alrighty then. Nomi, who wore it best this week? Okay, you're going to love this one. Oh, God, yeah. My yeah. who wore it best is <laughs> Kuraku's face when Ukitaki turns up. Oh, isn't it sweet? It is so sweet. It, it sort of does look like he wasn't expecting it either. Right? And he's just... Yeah. He, he's just, like, just looking over his shoulder, and he's like... Uh-oh. It's, it's like a cross between of, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, you're in trouble, we're all oh. in trouble, but, oh my gosh, thank yep. you for turning up type thing. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. It does make me wonder how often Ukitake, like, inserts himself into the fray. Like, maybe that's a big deal, too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a defensive fighter. He's a defensive fighter, and he's clearly got some distance stuff up his sleeve. Anyway, I'll shut up now and let you all unpack that later. Well, I was um, also going to say, like, he, he is most notable for quoting, um, there are two types of battles, and he's not one for, let, for getting into people's battles. This is Kuraku's battle. And if he, right, what, what he's told Rukia before, we don't get involved yeah. in other people's well, battles. <laughs> The other possible explanation is that Kyoraku doesn't have any pride, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> anyway, um, my who wore it best this week was Baragon wearing his Skeletor costume. Oh. Yeah. It was just good. It's just good. It is. It's it is. scary. It's good looking. It's I, cool. Yeah. I liked it. It's, it's one of my... I think I must say, like, I don't care much for Baragon, but rewatching mm. this has made me like him a little bit more. And just his aesthetic, his aspect, and his whole look, it just, yeah, and his I really like it. fucking powers. Yeah. He is so scary. He He's really actually is. so scary. Yeah. Same. I feel that way as well. I never think about Baragon as somebody that I particularly like or care for, but this rewatch, yeah. His, yep. his vibe is cool, and his powers are scary. And mm-hmm. that's kind of all I want in a second tier villain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pun, because he's number all two. Right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best ship this week. My best ship is Ukitaki and Kuraku's kimono. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Because you can bet as soon, like he held it, and you can bet hmm. as soon as the camera panned away, he was there stiffing it. <laughs> oh, yeah, what well, inhaling his scent yeah. he maybe wore it a little bit you know just to kind of yeah. feel the feel, feel like put it on a, an embrace then, but yeah yeah oh god i flashback to all of the various fics i've written where i had to think at some length about what they both actually smell like because those are nice things to describe when you're writing a fic where people love each other you know <laughs> oh yeah. mm. uh, okay before i get too far lost in my actually no i can stay lost in my reveries for a moment because my best ship this week yo i went i went straight up like as straight up as you can possibly get and i i, I just gave it to kyoroku and ukitake like yeah. that's my best ship this week like 
<laughs> thing number one, what do you want from me? Thing number two, what do you want from me? Thing number three, we get to see some really quick, lovely insights into that relationship. And mm-hmm. they have each other's backs and they care about each other. And I love them both as individuals and together. And they compliment each other beautifully. Yeah. And... Yeah. I think I once said that they're not really my bleach OTP. And I think it's because, like, they are more than just, like, oh, yeah, I want to see them kiss. Like, fucking whatever. It's just, they, they're like, you know how there's Beyond Bonkai? They're, like, my Beyond OTP. (laughs) (laughs) I get, yeah. (laughs) I love them. I love them. Uh... Yeah. All right. Fandom shout out this week. Okay, my fandom shout out is a piece of art and it's it's more on the kind of funny side of things, but this is by Lido underscore and zero. Oh and this is cool. And it's Stark and Lilinette. However, Stark is tall, more adult, more formed, and Lilinette is tall, more adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Stark is tiny and Lilinette is just kind of put her resting her arm on Stark's head a disgruntled Stark's head this is really cool but they haven't changed their ranking Lilinette is still quote unquote Fractione and Stark is still in his Espada garb but yeah oh I love this I was like it's fitting for this episode yeah Stark's little side eye face there Yeah, yeah this is super super cool and it's also, it's another one of those where the style is very Kubo-esque, but it's clearly a piece of fan work. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is neat. Um, I am highlighting an artist this week who I, I think you probably know. Um, uh, their, their art blog is called Guilty Portfolio on Tumblr. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, there is a lot, I will say, if you scroll through their, their bleach art tags and stuff, like you're, uh, you're, you're going to get some spoilers. It's spoilery for the final arc. Like, I'm sorry. But there are, um, if, if you are caught up, um, it, is, it is worth it to look through. So I'm just going to drop a couple of pieces of like very domestic, a uh, little Aww. modern AU kind of and Kyoraku husband shots. Um, yeah. by this, artist. this artist is on Tumblr, by the way. Um, there is also some stuff on this page that if you search like the the Shunuki or Kyouki, I prefer Shunuki because I'm old school, um, like tag ship, ship, ship tag, ship tag. Um, <laughs> there's some not safe for work stuff here. So just be prepared for that. Not all of it, but there's like a decent amount, which I, I don't know if you're looking for that, then this is a good place to go. And some of it is also fluffy and sweet. There's a bit of a mix. So if you're staying away from spoilers or if you're staying away from not safe for work, then maybe, uh, you know, choose your moment to go through this artist's work but there is a level of just like mundane intimacy captured in these little series of in this little series of drawings that it's just right it's just right i Um, love just domestic domesticity i love i love it yeah and there's one where, like, so they're clearly supposed to be husbands here, and Kyoriku is, like, wearing his wedding ring on his thumb, which is such a stupid little detail that I think <laughs> is just so right. I just really like it. Yeah. They're so good. They're so good. Aww. So, yeah. Too cute. All right. 
Anything else to say? I feel like we've covered so much and yet there's a world of things that we've left entirely untouched. We've talked about everything and anything except probably what we were meant to talk about because we went off on so many tangents. We did. Well, hey now, we covered the three episodes. We've checked the box. We've done our job. Exactly. What more do they want? Yeah. Yeah. What more? Hey, yeah. What, what more do you want? What more do you want, listeners? Well, if you want more from us, this time, then too bad, because that's the end of another episode. I love it. Yes. Um, if by some miraculous, glorious chance you like what you heard, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you like what you heard, don't say that you're not supposed to downplay yourself. If you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Sayrete on Instagram and T Sayrete on Twitter. Now, Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews. And that is where you come in. Make like our favorite orange-haired protector and Ichigo to iTunes and Spotify to rate us and review us and make us feel like number one. To those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad and give us that good, good thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be covering anime episodes 278, The Nightmare Returns, Revival of the Espada. 279, Hirako and Aizen, The Reunion Yay! of Fate. No, me, do you care? No, no. What? No. <laughs> Figured I'd check in. Oh, and episode 280, Asagi and Tozen, the moment of parting. Ooh. We'll see you souls then. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh.